0: I picked the plums from my allotment and then I just took all the stones out and then um, boiled them up with some water, just a little bit of water. Also with the star anise and cinnamon stick in there as well. And then I added a little bit of elderflower and right at the end, um, some port. The label says COVID-19 jelly, Helen Hewitt's NHS, plum, port, and elderflower, PPE with two smiley faces. So I've made several batches now and I've got ten pots of the said jelly. It's nice. I I mean it needs it needs work. It needs work but this is this is an evolving disease. This is an evolving jelly. (laughs) I'm Helen Hewitt and I'm a matron at the Royal London Hospital on the adult critical care unit. It is one of the largest, busiest trauma units in London. It is a sink or swim place. It's, I, it's, it's, a, it's a bit like Marmite. You either love it or hate it. You learn everything there. I train there, I'm biased, but I've come back and it, it, it felt like coming home. And actually one of the consultants said to me, Helen, we're family. When it all started, it was a can-do, will-do situation during this pandemic. We've got 44 beds on our adult critical care unit, and at the peak, we think we had 89 patients. We had 400 staff from all over the organisation to come and help us, and some of which had got no critical care experience or even any acute care experience. And also the way we looked after the patients because of the volume and everything, we had to change the ratio of which we do. Um, We looked after them. So for a level three patient on a ventilator, it's one nurse to one patient. We had to do things differently. peak of the pandemic, you might be in a situation where you've got one nurse, one ITU nurse, experienced nurse, for three ventilated patients. With the help of two other nurses, the ITU nurse would take charge and you'd find out about what skills the people would have and, you know, what they were able to do, whether they were able to give drugs, whether they were able to do personal care. And the ITU nurse would delegate the the sort of roles and responsibility And I think everyone went through stages when they felt a little bit overwhelmed by how the speed, how all this was evolving, and how sick the patients were. Some of those staff hadn't experienced, you know, sort of death, and it's terrifying if you haven't looked after that sort of patient who's really, really sick. There was a lot of Zoom end-of-life calls, for example, for us as, as nurses, it's not, it's, that, that's not the way it's done. I couldn't bear to think of someone I really loved and not being with them as they passed away. It's what people have when they, when they go home, go away from the hospital. It's the memories they keep for the rest of their life. It's, it's something that has to be done really well. And I think... Quite Well, I, it's normal. Quite a lot of the staff had periods when they sort of n- not hit a wall but felt that they needed to have a break from all of this. But I think it is the nurses that are looking after the patients, so it's just so important that, uh, that I look after them. You know, have the proper conversations with people. How are you? Not just the sort of sit down for 20 minutes in the office and or just in the corridor in the coffee room with a cup of tea and just say, how is it for you? And then you'd have stories about how they felt guilty about this or but like that, or what what their experience had been like and not being able to do everything you wanted for your patient. Um, that's really tough for, for us as nurses because we want to wash people's hair and get to know the families and what the patient was like and have those conversations so you look after someone as a whole we had um a rag rating system red amber green and we'd have a sort of round the table exercise how are you feeling today and one you know one of the members of staff who was doing the rotor, she might say oh i'm red today and um And actually, it's okay not to be okay. We all have days when it's not okay, and it's fine. You know, days when we cry. Some days I was quite amber. You never really switch off. I used to wake up early in the morning and worry about things. You know, my clock would be four o'clock, and my mind would just be thinking, what's this, what's that, what do I need to do? I was becoming unwell and I didn't really realise it in myself. And I didn't, I didn't, I was just exhausted. I didn't feel 100%. And then I sort of came home, was a bit grumpy with my husband because he hadn't cleaned the patio. he, He made me dinner when I got home. I said, well, why didn't you put any salt and pepper in here? And he said, Helen, there's eight cloves of garlic in this. And I just completely lost my sense of smell and taste. And it was at that point I, I was swabbed and, yeah, I came back positive. So I was off work then. Um, I wasn't really, really sick. I didn't have, you know, sort of chest. I didn't, I didn't need to go to hospital, but I was just exhausted. But I couldn't switch off. And I just, I felt guilty because I wanted to go back to work and, 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 and run it. I think the pandemic, for what it's, it's taught me, that how important it is to look after the staff, how, how to look after each other and look out for each other, support each other, help each other. I wrote uh, letters to the staff that were redeployed to say thank you and to say, you know, without you guys, we couldn't have done any of this. You've been fantastic. I remember talking to one of one someone and they said... Um, thank you for that letter. I got that letter and it made me cry. And I took it home to show to my family. And you know, I I, I, did, I suppose I underestimated how much that would have meant, but that was a good thing to do, you know. During the pandemic, obviously, there was little time to spend time at the allotment. But um, now, as things calm down a bit, um, I've I've got a little bit more time. It's a place of solace for me. It's a place that I can just be. And I, I didn't think anything would grow this year, nothing. But actually, I've had the most amazing crop. I can't believe it. This year, I've got, I've grown potatoes, desiré and Charlotte. I've grown butternut squash, rhubarb, gooseberries, red currants, raspberries, peas, mange tout, carrots, parsnips, tomatoes, tomatoes. I, nothing's ever perfect, but I, I hope we, we did what we could. I can't really believe what we achieved as a team and how we managed to look after all of these patients that came through the door. And I I feel immensely proud of all of that.